welcome to Hour 2 of Sports Saturday on KLBJ with hosts Ed and Ben Clements. They're taking calls at 512-836-0590 or toll-free at 877-590-KLBJ. Hi again, everyone. I'm Ed Clements along with Scotty Sayers and Mark Brooks, and welcome to the End Zone Club on KLBJ Radio. We are live from Dirty Martin's Place where it is hopping tonight. The End Zone Club proudly brought to you by Howery, Breen, and Herman, attorneys at law. Thank you, Randy Howery and crew. If you need help, Randy Howery and guys are ready to help you. Howery, Breen, and Herman, attorneys at law. Also brought to you by Covert in Bastrop. Rocks and the guys were closed today, but open in the morning at 11 a.m. Plains Capital Bank. Thank you, Paul Hoggebeck. Pokey Joe's Barbecue. Great Texas barbecue tonight and this weekend from Pokey Joe's Barbecue. Delaware Subs. No baloney there at Delaware Subs. Sue Patrick at 5222 Burnett Road and by SNB Amusements. Welcome back. We are at Dirty's, the iconic hamburger joint on campus in the shadow of the University of Texas. TVs are blaring right now because there's basketball and there's baseball. Longhorns involved in an extra inning game at Dishfalk Field against San Diego. 5-4 to four right now. Texas, though, has a runner on second base uh, with only one out as they're trying to tie this baby up at Dishfalk Field. Scotty's with us. Mark Brooks with us. Longhorn basketball team uh, lost today, 82-61. to 61. Ben Clements coming back from the basketball game. He was there. Uh, but, Scotty, it was a disappointing loss for the Longhorns as it came, really came unraveled late in the first half, and the Longhorns never could Never could come back. No, Texas had a five-and-a-half-minute stretch where they didn't score any points. Houston blew past them and, and never looked back. Really, Houston's such a good team. And Texas is now a little bit on the bubble for the NCAA championships. I mean, we've got the tournament at the end of the Big 12 season, but there's six more regular season games. Texas is now 5-7 and seven ah. in conference play. I think they've got to win three out of the next six. Now the schedule looks like this. Monday night, the Longhorns are at home against Kansas State. Kansas State lost at Manhattan today against TCU. TCU wins 75-72. It's no picnic to play the purple-clad Kansas State Wildcats. Then, a week from today, the Longhorns have to travel to Lawrence to meet the Kansas Jayhawks. Kansas defeated Oklahoma today in Norman. 67 to 57. Then the following week, the Longhorns after trouble to Lubbock to meet Texas Tech. It is no picnic to play in the Hub City. Uh, that's another road game. Then the Longhorns have a home contest against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State uh, was a winner today over BYU. Oklahoma State, nice team, but not a dominating team. Then the Longhorns after travel to Waco to face the Baylor Bears. Always difficult to beat Baylor. Always difficult to win in Waco. And the Longhorns close out their uh, regular season at home against the Oklahoma Sooners. So, Scotty, right now Texas 16-9 and on the year, 5-7. and How does Rodney Terry, how do they get to at least a berth in the NCAA basketball tournament. I think they've got to be 8-10 and 10 in conference play and probably win one game in the Big 12 tournament. That's, that's what I think. That'll get them to 20 wins. They've had some quality wins. But, of course, the Big 12 is the best conference in basketball this year. Right now, Iowa State and Houston are tied atop the league at 9-3. and three. 
Baylor, who's right now losing to West Virginia, I think they're playing West Virginia right now, 7-4, and four, Kansas 8-5, and five, TCU and Texas Tech are both 7-5. and five. So, I mean, we're ninth place uh. in, a, in a conference. So we've got to we've got to dig our way out and and not lose games by 20 points yeah. on the road like the Houston game today. Mark, that was terrible. I know you were watching. Well, I mean, Ed, Ed you asked, how does he turn it around? He's got to win at all facets to, yeah. beat, to beat these teams. The Big 12 is tough. So I'm, I'm looking at the today the stats from the stat line from the game. It's ugly. I mean, it is very ugly. And I know Houston's a strong team. Obviously, they play phenomenal defense but we only won one stat the wrong way that'd be the turnovers we had it was 14 to 14 to 8 we had 14 turnovers Houston only had eight turnovers today every stat pounded us and that's the problem so you have to win all the little battles all the little individual battles and that's up to the players it's up to you know, coach to get them to do it, but uh, they got to win the battles they're not winning their individual battles right now Texas shot a paltry 30. Uh, 8% from yeah. the field, and I don't know what happened to Max Acemus. Max Acemus, who's been lights out throughout the year, he's in, uh, you know, just a breath away from 3,000 points, and he was uh, today from the field, 2 for 14 and 1 and 5. Max only scored 7 points today, which was highly unlike Max Acemus. I'll give you one reason. You're going to draw the best defender. Yeah. He and uh, Mr. Dessou are going to draw the best defenders from our opposing teams. They're going to get double teamed. That's what happens. So he's getting he's been getting a lot of attention. He's probably tired of him. He's having to carry a big load, and uh, that's the bottom line. He, he draws a really good defender every week. Yeah, big problem today was offensive rebounding. Uh, Houston was able to get a lot of second chances, even some third chances, and you can't let a team get away with that. Dylan Dessou continues to play well, even though he only shot – five of 13 from the field he led the way with 16 points for texas only two players in double figures weaver uh was also effective today he had 11 points today for for the longhorns but just overall a very disappointing game because i thought the longhorns would play much better because they've had the week off well they they don't have let's face it houston's a great defensive team they they will themselves into not allowing you to have uncontested shots. And that's the bottom. Every shot we put up is a contested. That's how you go six minutes. Not just going cold. You're having contested shots. So I, they're tough. They're well coached, that Houston squad. We are too, but we got to start winning the little battles. And, and they got to figure out how to get these guys some open shots. Yeah. And Max will make them if you give them open shots. Again, we see the Big 12. Such a great conference. Let's go to the rundown of the game. As we said, Longhorns lost 82-61. Iowa State over Tech, 82-74. TCU over K-State, 75-72. Oklahoma State over Brigham Young, 93-83. Kansas over Oklahoma by a score of 67-57. And there are a couple of games going on right now in the Big 12 halftime. Baylor leads West Virginia, 42-34. Also today, Cincinnati over UCF by a score of 76 to 74. So it's in front of Rodney Terry and this Texas Longhorn team. Uh, it would be, I'll say it, disastrous for this Longhorn team if they don't make the tournament. 
I'll also say it's just when I look, pull the scores up, like who is Cincinnati and US, UCF? Cincinnati's, oh, Cincinnati's on I the know. bubble, though. I, I can't. Yeah. I'm, getting, I'm not used to it yet. They're, they're like in the Big 12. I yeah. Mean, oh, I'm, it's I'm like, not. It's, like a typo. it's a typo. Yeah. I agree. But so. again, in this thing about SEC and Big 12, I think Rodney will be on the hot seat. He's on, he, he's on the hot seat right now. Let's just be honest. He's on the hot seat yeah. right now. I don't think he's in any danger any way, shape, or form of losing his job. I'm not saying that at all. No, but, but it, he's, it, it's it's pressure time for this Longhorn basketball team. And if he doesn't make the tournament this year, he is really on the hot seat right. next year. And saying that, it's going to be better next year, I believe, for Longhorn basketball because there's some really good teams in the SEC, but there's some really mediocre teams in the SEC. It will be an easier time for Texas when they get to the SEC in basketball. Am I right or am I wrong on this? Well, theoretically, you're right. I mean, there's, yeah. I mean, Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, Alabama's always good. Auburn. They're, they're, they're Auburn. There's, there's good teams, but it's not, I think it's got some more mediocre teams. A&M's on the bubble again this year. They lost at Vanderbilt. They got crushed today by 25. Yeah, and then yeah. they got beat by 25 today, so they may yeah. not make the tournament this year or any other year. But <laughs> that, that league... If you look over the last 20 years, you'd say, well, there's a bunch of those guys that played some darn good basketball. Florida. Yeah. And they were, yeah. they were a powerhouse. For Billy, a few, Billy Donovan. Yeah, they, for They won years. national championships. Yeah. You know, Arkansas. I mean, the only ones, you know, Missouri's played a lot of great basketball. Vandy, probably not so much. Right. But uh, they have to have them in there for the academics, and they, ha- they handle that part very well. Anyway, uh, LSU. Where did Shaquille go? LSU. <laughs> okay, uh, you know. Anyway, that's my point. A&M with, has had some really good basketball programs over the years. Right now, it's a good league to go into. I, I agree with <laughs> yeah. you there. But uh, they could, could get better. Yeah. Yes, get sir. Better. It, it could, could get better. And it will get better in basketball with Texas and Oklahoma. It, it will is, get better. And the football is going to get better with Texas oh, and Oklahoma. It's get, yeah, we'll talk about Texas football later. Well, let me just say this. If Texas okay. and Oklahoma were in the SEC right now, they'd be middle of the pack. This no. Year. Nah. In, in, in basketball? Yeah. I agree. Oh, no. I, I don't I, agree with that. I, I, I do I not agree with that one bit. No, 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 no. Texas <laughs> Texas is friggin' ninth in the in the Big 12. That's because you think of, they'd be higher than fifth or sixth in the SEC? Yes, because the SEC is not that good this year. Kentucky's not very good this year. Rick Barnes is good, but not great this year. Alabama and Tennessee. They're good. They're yeah. not great. There's no great teams in the SEC this year in basketball, Scotty. There's no <laughs> have, great teams. They have five ranked in the top 22. Yeah. But they're no great teams. They're good teams. No, you're right. Tennessee's the highest-ranked team at the moment at yeah. eight. Yeah. So they got a lot of mediocres. We, I think I agree we'd be in the top four to five over there. Yeah. Right. Who is the top team in the country? Alabama's 10-2 and two over there. Do you think it's Purdue? Uh, Purdue's really, 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 really good. Really, really good. Okay. Really good. But they're not dominant. No. They I'd, can be knocked off. If I had to pick a, yeah, I had to pick a team to win a national title right now, you know what I'd pick? A team to beat the Longhorns today. I'd Houston. pick the Houston Cougars. Yeah. yeah. I would. Okay, we got to take a break. After this break... More from Dirty Martin's Place. There's a young Fiji there. Hello, young Fiji boy. <laughs> Phi Gamma Delta, GTBO. Phi Gamma Delta. There we are. Big crowd here. Ben Clements will arrive soon after going to the Longhorn game in Houston. I'm Ed Clements along with Scotty Sears and Mark Brooks. Uh, still to come, uh, a little talk about the Super Bowl and a lot of talk about a new contract for Longhorn head, bas- uh, head football coach Steve Sarkeesian. Back from Dirty Martin's right after this. The end zone club live from Dirty Martin, Zed Clements, Scotty Sayers, and Mark Brooks. Ben Clements after the bottom of the hour. 
Longhorns and San Diego in about inning number 85 at Dishfalk Field. It looks cold over there at Dishfalk Field. Extra innings for the Longhorns in San Diego. Texas won their opening game of the season last night against San Diego. We've been discussing Longhorn basketball. Horns got hammered today in Houston by the Cougars, 82-61. Next up for Texas, a home day date against Kansas State Monday night on Big Monday. Our phone lines are always open at 512-836-0590. Super Bowl was last Sunday, and when we left, guys, um, Scotty and I had picked, I think you did pick Kansas City, Ben picked San Francisco. Kansas City wins again. They'll go for a three-peat. Next year, I know this talk of the Super Bowl was marred because of the tragic shooting in Kansas City during the parade, but man, oh, man. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey are a heck of a trio for that Kansas City franchise. Well, I I must say I didn't pick Kansas City, but I didn't oh, pick you San did? Francisco. I, I picked overtime. You picked overtime. <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be overtime. That was my that was my prop bet, and apparently a lot of others. They said the casinos lost big on the nine to one prop bet for overtime. I just want to say this. Uh, I think San Francisco had the game, two big things happened. Drew Greenlaw hurting his Achilles. Oh, running and, on I'm, the field. Running on the field, a freak accident. And Kansas City's, uh, I mean, 49ers defense was holding Kansas City. Kansas City wasn't moving the ball yeah. anywhere until that happened. Right. And then they started to show a little life. And then the punt that hit Daryl Luter on the foot. On the foot. What a dumb play. To well, not to, hey, I know it was an accident. Yeah. I mean, my gosh, but get out of the way of the ball, man. That was an easy touchdown for Kansas City it was. at a time when the 49ers were still in control of the game. It, it was, but I tell you what, and then the overtime, it goes into overtime. And first of all, hats off to the kickers most of the time. I know San Francisco had an extra point block, but those field goal kickers were just off the charts great. So they go in overtime, and they have a flip. And San Francisco wins the flip, and you hear Kyle Shanahan saying, said, we, want, we want the ball. We want the ball. Yeah, we need that chair. Yeah, we, we need, need that, we that chair. Need yeah, chair. Yeah, Thank you. Guys. Okay. Yeah, but when they said, we want the ball, which kind of goes against everything. Well, it does in the normal season overtime rules, but in the, in the, in the special rules for this game, he figured maybe both teams were going to score, and then the next team to score after that, which could have been the 49ers in line for that. But my point is, Scotty, I believe in what they tell me, and that's why Mahomes was so giddy. You want to know what you have to do when you get that position. You, you possession. Do. And San Francisco got the three points. That was a hellaciously good drive until it got stalled. And you know why it got stalled? Because on second and two from the 12-yard line, Kittle was out. And the backup tight end had the holding penalty. They were moving down the field, no problem. They get that ridiculous holding And Kittle's back on the field ready to go in. Yeah. Didn't put him in. Got that. It was all of a sudden second and 12. And they ended up having to settle for the field goal, which which was the difference. Was there anybody out there? I, I thought when they got the ball, I thought, hey, they were going to score somewhat. But Mahomes is the best in the business going the length of the field. It's like little Joe Montana out there. I mean, <laughs> last man standing, and, boy, you don't want it to be one of these guys. That was my prediction. That yeah. You asked me, I was, how do you bet against Mahomes? 
it's brutal. And you knew it was going to probably be a close game, which it was. I mean, it, they, they did a hell of a job staying in the game the first half, to be honest with you. I mean, San, 49ers are about ready to run them out of the ballpark. San Francisco, uh, Kyle Shanahan fired his defensive coordinator on Tuesday. I think it was sort of a knee-jerk reaction. Defensive coordinator had been there one year, and he fired he fired uh, Steve Wilkes on Tuesday. I'm kind of going, eh. Kind of sounds a little desperate to me. Boy, that defense was playing so good in the first half, and then Greenlaw, you know, like we talked about, gets injured, and it's and it's a bit of a game changer there. Um, I mean, you knew Mahomes was going to have a good second half if he needed to, but man, I'm not sure I fire the. I'm not sure I do that either. Wow. Yeah. Now is is Kyle Shanahan, a former Longhorn, T-man guy like you, Mark? Is he scarred now for his career? He's lost. Two Super Bowls as a head coach and one Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator. Can he come back from this? Absolutely. I don't think he's – well, he's probably building some scar tissue, but he's not scarred for life. No, no. He. I mean, if he's got the – got to have the weapons. We all know that. He's got the weapons. They, if they allow him to continue to have weapons in there, he'll get them back. He'll get back there many times. Ed, your man Andy Reid, who you brag about all the time, was a great coach. He's a full-figured coach. I like the guy who likes his hamburgers. Okay, from 2001 to 2008, Andy Reid was in five NFC championship games when he was with the Eagles, one Super Bowl, didn't win any of them. Was he scarred for life? I don't think so. I think he turned things around, didn't he? Did. He? he really did, Scotty. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> he did, yeah, yeah. by drafting so he Patrick got a, Mahomes. He got, he got a winner <laughs> under the center. Yeah. Oh. If you need a winner under the center in the NFL. Shanahan's me. not done. <laughs> they, if they keep that team intact, they're still going to be really, really good. Yeah, they're yeah. still going to be really, really good. I wonder I wonder about the rest of the NFC. I, you know, the Cowboys hired Mike Zimmer this week, a former defensive coordinator, former head coach for the Minnesota Vikings. He's uh, in his upper 60s. Cowboys, unlike other teams, have the trend of hiring older coaches. Well, <laughs> I don't even have an answer for that. Older coaches have experience. Well, Andy Reid's no young. Still. Yeah. If he's in his upper 60s, he's still young. <laughs> he's still young, but my yeah. point is... Would during, you hire Nick Saban? During this time, uh, for pro, no. College, yes. College? That's College, what I'm saying. yeah. Yeah. College, yes, but pro, no. How many years do you think he's got left? Nick Saban? Yeah. He's retired. He's got these No, he's but how many golf. years would he have left? You'd hire him. Two. Expect two or three. Him to get five, six, seven years? Two or three. No. Okay. I think, yeah, that's a different story. I think he didn't want to coach anymore because of name, image, likeness. That's I, why he didn't coach I agree anymore. with that. But that's yeah. a good Andy Reid's an older coach. But my point is with the Cowboys, they got McCarthy, who's almost 60. They got Zimmer in his 60s, whereas the other franchise are getting 36-year-old head coaches and a lot of young people. Uh, Mayo, the head coach of New England is only 38 years old. So that that was my point. But Jerry Jones makes the calls. Mike McCarthy didn't hire Mike Zimmer. It was Jerry Jones. So I think Belichick won some of his championships in his 60s. He, he did. <laughs> so, he did. But he yeah. can't get a job. That's the sad part. He will have a job next year. I, I, I will tell you that the, the rest of that coaching staff that's younger, they do a lot of the coaching. Do they? Maybe not the scheming so much, but right. they, they're, they're involved. They're the ones that deal with those players really direct on a, on a – you know, face-to-face basis for hours a day during the season and even even during the offseason. So I think people underestimate how the importance of these assistant coaches. And we see it in, let's use college basketball. You know, the, the, the player, what do you call the, uh, 
graduate assistants. I mean, they play a role, too. Sure. So there's a lot of communication and, and coaching going on. It's not necessarily coming directly from the head coach or the, or the offensive or defense coordinator. Trust me on that one. Early predictions next year for um, the Super Bowl. Kansas City will go for a three-peat. Uh, I made my prediction uh, already on our ESPN show. I like uh, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals next year. Boy, I think, you know, Buffalo's been knocking on the door. i got to think Buffalo's ready, and uh, I think San Francisco will probably be back there again. Mark, will your Dallas Cowboys be back? That was going to be my prediction. They are not going to be in the Super Bowl. Oh, <laughs> man. And if uh, Kelsey can stay off of the not injure his coach on the sideline, I think the Chiefs have a good chance coming back. That Isn't was the that darndest was, thing. That was a lot there. Never happened in NFL history. Not a three-peat. It's never happened. And I think you may. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Oh, they can't win it. I think they can. I think if they get a top-notch quality wide receiver in the area code of a C.D. Lamb or somebody like that, uh, or maybe uh, Adonde Mitchell, mm-hmm. a draft pick for Texas, maybe they could do that. we got to take a break. After this break, uh, more from Dirty Martin's Place, where it is rocking and rolling tonight. Come down and watch baseball. Longhorn still playing baseball, basketball action tonight. When we come back, Ben Clements will join us here at Dirty Martin's Place, the iconic burger joint on the UT campus. Ed Clements, Scotty Sayers, and our special guest, Mark Brooks, the 1996 PGA Golf Champion, back from Dirties right after this. Back on the End Zone Club, I'm Ed Clements along with Scotty Sayers and Mark Brooks. Ben Clements will join us soon. He was at the Houston-Texas basketball game today at the Tillman Fertetta Center down in Houston. Cougars outlast the Longhorns in a big way, 82-61. Longhorns fall to 16-9 on the year and 5-7 and in Big 12 play. Next up, a game with Kansas State. Man, wasn't it a who's who of people there at the Houston-Texas game today? Akeem Olajuwon, Kendrick Perkins, uh, C.J. Stroud was there, uh, Vince Young was there. Uh, yeah, just a whole host of uh, the Houston elite athletes, Longhorns and Houston Cougars. Well, they're watching a winner. They're watching a top five team. or what? I mean, where's Houston ranked right now? Two. Two, two. I believe. Yeah. Okay. Three. Two or three? Yep, two or three. They, they got it going on, and my tip my hat to Kelvin Sampson, who uh, I thought was down and out when he left Oklahoma, down and out when he left Indiana, and he's had a resurgence uh, for the Houston Cougars as he is doing a magnificent job for that team. Well, I'm going to go Monday night and try to help the Longhorns pull through, but uh, they got to win the Kansas State game. They've got to win it. Coming in hot here. He's uh, coming in hot. Ben Clements from hey a guys. really fun day in Houston, huh? I watched basketball today. I watched one team play. Yeah. Um, I listened the first hour, first 30 minutes, good analysis. Thank you for waiting for me. Um, that was a poor game. The Texas picked a weird day to have the worst game of the year. They got outplayed. They got outcoached. I think if the if the team managers had stats, they would have been out, outplayed. I just can't believe that <laughs> they were so flat because they had all, the entire week off, Ben. Well, you know, there's two sides to that. You know, you're going to be rusty or you'll be ready to play. Texas mm. was rusty and they got defeated in every category. They got outshot. They got out-rebounded. They got out-defended. Uh, they even... I, I just, it, at, no, at no point did Texas really look healthy. They look good. And, I, and I'll say it. It's, I'm putting all the blame on Rodney Terry. 
bad, bad game in Houston. And I realize Houston's a great team. They could be a Final Four team, but Texas has a great ball club. They have some of the best players in the country. They have a, a starting point guard who will be in the record books. They got a great veteran, Dylan DeSue, a great young cast, but their head coach, Rodney Terry, did not coach to the standard of UT. I, I don't know what's going on because it, they just they did not play at all today. They mm-hmm. got blown out the half. But uh, for example, the guy that just disappeared today, two guys disappeared to me. Yeah, yeah. Max Asmus yeah. disappeared, and yeah. so did Dylan Mitchell. And Dylan Mitchell, I know Scotty, one of your favorite players. This guy can leap out of the gym. It's like he wasn't even with the team today. Well, I think they, I think they lack a little bit of floor leadership. Mm-hmm on that team as opposed to last year. And uh, and if you remember when Houston came in here and played about 10 days ago, they dominated until the last five minutes, and then mm. we made a run to catch up. Yeah. But they really are a much better team than Texas to begin with. Well, And also, I'll say this. I'll credit that, that arena. That was maybe my favorite arena I've walked into. It was smaller than UT, smaller than Moody, but you felt the atmosphere. I think it holds 7,400. They were over capacity at 7,700 today, the biggest attendance in, in Houston's history. The, you could feel it. You know, with, with Moody, they want to have this atmosphere of it being loud and intimidating. But at, in Houston, it's a different kind of loud intimidation because it's the fans that are in the game. It's not all the stupid music that Moody's playing and all the dubstep and all the rap. The fans are in the game. I heard more Houston Cougar chants than I've heard a Texas fight chant all season long. So it was a, I can imagine the Longhorn players were awfully intimidated. We were talking about the who's who were there. I just saw a picture of you and yeah. Vince Young. You and Vince today. Yeah, it was, it was a, a star-studded crowd. Kendrick Perkins was sitting with Akeem the Dream. You had Vince Young, Royale Ivy, Sel- Selvin Young uh, from the Texas side. You even had C.J. Stroud sitting courtside. It was a a big game. A lot of people came to watch, but unfortunately it was so one-sided, and we could have seen a, a potential Final Four team. One, one more thing. Let me jump for a second. You talked about that crowd. Was it... Was it predominantly Texas fans? It looked like it was predominantly Houston fans because they gobble up all the tickets, I guess, the season tickets. Did ask, you... ask me that again. Okay. Was the game <laughs> you, you, at Houston you, yeah, usually when predominantly Texas fans? Usually when a game is at Houston, oh, that pop, it this is was... predominantly Texas, but today it seemed like it was predominantly Houston. This is a different Houston program. This is a Houston basketball team that is submitting themselves as a hopeful blue blood one day and it was 99% Houston fans uh, the atmosphere was it was intense it was loud they were in, involved in the whole game even when they were up 25 points Houston fans were going wild they were loud they were involved in the game they were causing Texas to have miscommunication thrown out of bounds and and Kevin Roddy Terry called timeouts because that is the atmosphere that Houston has created what Del Conte and the Texas uh, powers to be are trying to do with Moody Houston has perfected already. Well, I think the Moody, the Ben, you're you're young, but yet you're old school, like Mark and Ed, myself. We liked having the band involved in yep. the games, having the cheerleaders leading cheers, like you're talking about with the with the Cougars having their chants yeah. and all this stuff, yeah. and not rap music at every break yep. that blows your ears off. I don't mind the noise, but you got to get the school spirit into it. Scotty, I'm glad you mentioned that. And that was another thing I noticed here. And this is not me complaining about 
about UT and how they go about their business, but that Houston Cougar band was playing at every timeout. They were starting chants. They were starting a fight song uh, or some kind of school song. That's another thing I noticed that disappointed me in the Texas basketball program and really Texas sports now. It's more uh, business than school spirit in school. It it, it is, and you have sort of the artificial. You've got the guy yelling on the microphone at the Moody. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's just the way it goes, I guess, in a lot of arenas. But I'm old school, too. I just wish we'd have more band, more cheerleaders, and a lot less artificial stimulation that we have over there. They sure don't have that artificial stimulation at Kansas. I don't no. think they've ever played a rap song at Kansas. It, it was Mark, pr- what about TCU? You went to the TCU-Texas game last week. Not a lot of rap going on there. But, uh, you know, they <laughs> haven't had like a lot of winning going on there until the last few years. It, yeah. it was impressive. Jamie Dixon's done a great job turning around. It was awfully impressive that going to a Houston game. You know, I see why the Houston basketball program has risen so quickly in the Big 12 and a Power 5 conference because they take basketball seriously. They are submitting themselves as a true basketball school, and they put all their effort into that program, bringing back their uh, their best uh, alumni. Yeah. Keem the Dream sitting courtside. Uh, they got, Pop, uh, uh, remind me, their uh, play-by-play man, Elvin Hayes. Elvin Hayes, the Elvin big Hayes, yeah, the big, the big their play-by-play yeah. guy. You know, it was just an atmosphere. You knew you were at a basketball program, and... You know, unfortunately, a year a year ago, I guess when did the when did the Chris Beard incident happen? A year ago. A year ago, I mean, a year ago before the Chris Beard thing happened, we would have said this is what Texas will yeah. be, look, look, yeah. be looking like. But everything's trending down. Final comments on basketball. We're going to take a break and talk about uh, Steve Sarkeesian's new contract. Kansas State, then at Kansas, at Tech, Oklahoma State, at Baylor, and then OU. Uh, what's your confidence level, Ben, that this team will make? the NCAA tournament, and is there a chance they don't make the NCAA tournament? Six games left, and I'll say it's a gauntlet. you got to go to Kansas. You haven't faced Kansas all year long. Got to go to Baylor. Got to go to Texas. And you know what? Kansas is itching to play Texas right now. They have lost multiple in a row to Texas. They will win that game. you got to go to Lubbock. They want one more crack at the Longhorns. Texas is going to lose that game. OU is going to be difficult because... You know, it, it's Texas OU. I know it's not football, but it's still a huge rivalry. Uh, Baylor, Baylor wants one more crack at Texas. I, I'll be the pessimist here. Uh, Texas will win two games. They won't win a, a, a Big 12 tournament game, and they won't make the tournament. Oh, it's wow. going to be disappointing. And I give Rodney Terry. I know I'm coming in, you know, aggressive, but this is bad. The Texas state of the program is terrible. I'll give Rodney Terry midway through the year next year. To keep his job, or else we could be seeing a mid, mid-season fire. He's on the hot seat. All right. My thoughts? Your thoughts. What I like about the team, and this has been true for a while, our guys don't quit. They bust their, they bust their ass a whole way. They're not always ready, and I don't buy this rust thing. It's February 17th, yeah. man. There's no... No excuses for rust. It's like what you say with those golfers. You're always ready. You got to be, and I just don't buy it. And so I, you know, I, I'm not going to jump totally on, <laughs> on his bandwagon to get rid of the coach. But let, let's face it, they don't look ready every time. Yeah, I think we go three and three the rest of the way, win one tournament game, and we're really kind of on the bubble. But we'll probably get in if we win if we win one tournament game after going three and we three have the a rest l- of the way. A little benefit of the doubt with the Big Twelve, but. Even the way Texas is playing, they're not going to get that benefit. They've getting they're getting smashed every single game, and there's 
I'd rather see the the tur- if I'm the tournament chair or, or anybody on that uh, that board. I'm putting in, you know, a, a team from from South Dakota over a Texas team that is getting killed week wow. in week out. You are bitter after your little Houston trip. I am, but you know what? I'm bitter after the last two weeks of basketball too. I get it. And it's coaching, it's it's player personnel, and it's like you said, it's not looking ready to play. Uh, Longhorn baseball team just lost to San Diego. An extra inning, San Diego defeats Texas. They'll play again tomorrow at Dishfog Field. When we come back, we're going to talk about Steve Sarkeesian's good day. Steve Sarkeesian will be getting over $10 million a year to coach the Texas Longhorns. We'll get your reaction, our reaction, and much, much more. We're at Dirty Martin's Place on the UT campus where it is happening tonight. Come down and see basketball and much, much more, and enjoy great food and drink at Dirty Martin's Place. And we'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back to the It's Own Club live from Dirty Martin's Place where it is hip and happening tonight. Come on down to Dirty's. Enjoy great burgers and drinks. Enjoy sports on the TVs as we got a full house here tonight. Ed Clements and Ben Clements, Scotty Sayers, and Mark Brooks. Uh, earlier today, the Austin American Station is reporting that Coming next week, Steve Sarkeesian will get a new contract after the Board of Regents meet. Sark will make $10.3 million a year. (laughs) His contract is extended to the year 2030. It is an entire package worth $74 million over seven seasons. Steve will now be the third highest paid coach in the country. Dabo Sweeney of Clemson. $10.8 $10.8 million a year. Uh, Kirby Smart of Georgia, $10.7 million a year. And now the Longhorns coach, $10.3 million a year. Ben Clements, mm-hmm. reaction on this huge payday for Steve. Steve was making 5.6. Now it goes to 10.3. Two sides of it. Uh, one side is they needed to to put the handcuffs on him and make him stay because God knows he was probably getting other offers from either maybe a potential Alabama before their hiring or in the NFL. Other side is, has Texas not learned from A&M and Jimbo Fisher guaranteed money over incentive money? Why did Texas not give him a, they give him $7 million a year plus incentive-based? The upside there, I think that guaranteed money, it, it it doesn't give you – it's not like you don't have motivation to win, but make it incentive-based. Make him earn it. I don't know. It's a, that's a lot of money a lot for of money. a guy that has gone to the playoffs one time and is in his third year at Texas. It's all seven years guaranteed, Ed. I, I believe it is, Scotty. I may be wrong about this, Mark. I don't know if you know, but I think it is guaranteed money. So but that's a Jimbo Fisher. It's and I, and I think it's $1.85 million a year in, in incentives. Wow, I wonder where those start. Probably number of games you win, and then it goes. To I had a, read. I had read there's a, a Big Twelve, an SEC championship, and national championship. That's yeah, where it starts. That's where, that's where it goes. You don't think it starts with like a nine-win no, season? No, no, it's, it's SEC season. championship. Okay. No, it starts with SEC championship, playoffs, and then an eventual national championship. What about just a run-of-the-mill bowl game? Nope, no, <laughs> no. So, are you sure, uh, Scotty and Mark? Y'all, y'all dealt with with contracts. Um, Scotty, you were making them, and you were signing. You were, you were oh, cashing. Oh yeah, you were cashing. Yeah, I had, a lot, had a lot like this. <laughs> Would, wouldn't you rather see Texas have given him an incentive-based contract and make him earn it, rather than saying, you know what, Sark, good job last year. Here's ten million a year, instead of hey, you know what, you get nine wins. Here's some extra money. You get eleven wins. Here's more SEC championship. More, more. 
I kind of I, I have this feeling, and I have no proof of it, that maybe these terms were written out on a notepad while Alabama was still searching for their head coach, and it's just now going before the Board of Regents. I think they had to give him this kind of a contract mm-hmm. to make sure he didn't go probably to Alabama. Yep. Uh, I don't know about the pros, Ben. I think that's a little far-fetched. Um, I'm just wondering what Coach Royal would be thinking. Did Coach Royal ever make a six-figure number? No. Well, he, did he, made, he make a hundred maybe at the yeah, end? Yeah, I think Coach Royal made a hundred thousand dollars a couple of times, but never this astronomical figure. Nor did Mac Brown. Here's my thoughts on it. Let's just be. Let's we we older guys have to swallow this and say we are now in professional college football. This is a ginormous money-making industry, and Texas is poised to be a player for as long as the name image likeness is there because texas alumni will be giving money to the cooperatives and the cooperatives give money to the players we are in a great position and i think steve sarkeesian after two mediocre years he had his team last year he exceeded his uh, expectations there's no reason why through the breadth of this contract till 2030 texas should be in the playoffs every single year yeah. I think it was the right move. It was necessary. He's proven that he's a fantastic coach. He's developed Quinn. He is. He's recruited better than any coach we've seen in Texas. He's done his part. Now he's got to put that team together and, and, and duplicate the product that we saw this year. I would have rather seen more incentive-based contract so that he could earn that money. But, again, it's necessary. He is a fantastic coach going to a very difficult league where he needs guarantees that he's going to be around for a while so we can build a program. I, I think you, know, you say that, Ben. I don't think he's going anywhere else. He didn't take Alabama, and I think he knows, Steve knows, Saban left because Saban said he could not compete with the money of Texas. He is in the right place at the right time. Right. As, as DeLoss always said, Scotty, we're, we don't keep up with the Joneses. We are the Joneses, and Texas is definitely the Joneses now. He's one of the top five in his profession. Yep. Let's look at basketball contracts, quarterback contracts, golf. The guy that wins the L.A. Open is going to win $4 million bucks tomorrow. Yep. I mean, everything is totally out of whack from what it used to be. Mm-hmm. It's just gone astronomically high, right, Mark? I mean, well, let's just start with this. $10 million is not what $10 million used to be. It's okay. chump change. All it's right, let's money. just get that right on the table. You can make that now go I'm going to give you the most ridiculous anecdotal example of this. Liv Goff just signed John Rom, what, a month or two ago for $400 million. So let's talk about revenue-producing potential. I would say at $10 million a year, the Longhorns just got a bargain in having Sarkeesian oh, around. Wow. I mean, $400 million for Rom, it was a joke. We all know it's a joke. He took it because it was a joke. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, it's, it's worth it if he produces. My what I said when you came on, I didn't yeah. realize you were green-lighting me there, but <laughs> if you're CDC, all he's asking for, just please don't prove me wrong. Yeah, okay? yeah. that's don't all. Don't prove me wrong. Just don't prove me wrong, and we'll be, all be happy. And, you know, I hate saying this, but it, it is NIL era. you got to be absolutely certain your head coach is making more than any of your players and making more than a lot of your players combined. With Texas and Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning, and some of these receivers, uh, C.J. Baxter's probably getting pretty good payday. You've got to make sure your head coach is above your players financially or else you're in big trouble. I think they're going to end up with a little bit of a lid 
they're going to put some brackets around the NIL because you're in the minority as the king. Okay? Don't worry. I mean, the puppets are going to come, and they're going to make them put a bracket. It's going to be large. That's not coming for a few years, though. Not for a few years. Not for a few years. But eventually it will. So for a few years, you got to make sure your head coach is getting compensated more than your players. And... Texas is in a great position because I saw a thing in, I guess, Sports Illustrated, some Las Vegas book, Scotty, had Texas already at 10.5 wins next year. Yeah. 10.5 wins. And that if they win 10 games, they'll be in the final 12 teams in a playoff. I, I look at our schedule, and, and you know, we, we do have Michigan and we've got Georgia, but I don't think our schedule is any harder than it was this year. Really? Certainly not as hard as it was last year. I agree. Yeah. Uh, it's professional sports now. I mean, we weren't. Nobody was kidding when they said, you know, as soon as the season started winding, these guys, these guys' season started ending at different different schools. They were in free agency. Mode. Yeah, we knew. Yeah, it, it's a fact. So let's just move on. And uh, but I've been saying I think they'll bracket it. You know, if, even in the NFL, you can't spend willy nilly without paying severe taxes. Oh, oh so we'll, we'll NFL pay the tax. Has a, they've got the salary cap in NFL. There'll yeah, be, there'll be something that caps it, but it'll be a big number. Which there needs to be, and I think we've okay. seen the first salvo a few weeks ago when the Big Ten and SEC issued that statement saying, screw you, uh, NCAA, we're going to do what we want to do, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I think the day is coming, Ben, and we've talked about this, Ben and Scotty Mark, we've talked about this, where somebody like a Nick Saban or a Mac Brown or someone will be head of college football and they will set the guidelines up. But sadly, there's going to be the have and the have-nots. Yeah. So It'll, ha- it'll happen, and I think the, uh, the, the college athletics landscape will be a lot better off with a one governing body, one single figure, like a Mac Brown, maybe a Nick Saban, who's been there and knows how to do it right. Um, in terms of the, the, the Steve Sarkeesian extension, I think it was the right move. He's proven. I'm glad it wasn't a 10-year, 10, $10 million a year contract like a Chimbo. You know, it wasn't that crazy. It's a lot of money, but like we've said, guys, it's this is a, a bigger profession than it was five years ago. You have to do it. Yeah. And, you know... This could end up being the, the best extension that Texas has ever made. Hey, man, they got a $48 billion um, endowment. Endowment. Yeah, 48 and I know there's separate money from the athletic department and the endowment and how you can spend it and all that, but uh, Texas is not going to. Uh, they'll get some alum to pick up the tab if Sarkeesian goes bust in three years. Just <laughs> like A&M did. Yeah. A&M Listen, did it. What did we do this week? We bought our season tickets. In football, Scotty bought season tickets. I did. I didn't get my renewal. You didn't? Did I not get a renewal? Uh-oh. You, uh-oh. You uh-oh. made it. Uh-oh. uh-oh. Should we do a live email check for Scotty? <laughs> Pull out that phone. No. Well, I, I got our football tickets. Okay. And, you know, there's donations to the Longhorn Foundation, which people like. gladly do. You do yeah. that to support Longhorn You don't athletics. have to worry about Well, this is stupid. We don't have to worry about Texas running out of money. They can pay him off if he, if he you know, dumps it and is terrible in two years. That's not the problem. Um, is it going to be enough? There are very few problems with Texas athletics now. Uh, Chris Del Conte had his State of the Union address. They're doing the new new thing with the football practice practice facility. He wants to build a facility for volleyball, which they deserve, two-time national champion show. So it's it's a good time to be involved with UT athletics. You know, the volleyball thing's kind of funny. The, uh, Gregory Jim holds about, what, 4,800 yeah. people. And uh, 
No, I sat next to somebody from Nebraska at a game last year. They said our new volleyball arena holds 14,000. Wow. And this so is the they same take team it seriously. that last yeah. year sold out their football stadium yeah. for a volleyball 000. team. Yeah. Um, so Steve Sarkeesian, he's in the book. I think uh, Coach Pierce with the baseball team, he is still, he's a, he's sitting pretty he baseball is. team, even though they had a loss today. But Texas needs to put their focus and figure out contract situation for Rodney Terrick coming up because yeah. that could be, it's gonna be getting terminated it's gonna fairly be soon. Hey, we got to go. I don't make terminated fairly no. soon. I think not terminated. I think he's going to be within a. He's in the hot seat. He's on the hot seat. He's on the hot seat. Within 10 months. I think that's fairly soon <laughs> in the coach's life. 10 seconds. What were you going to say there? Well, I mean, we're close to being a $300 million a year revenue producer just to Texas athletics. For Mark Brooks, for Ben Clements, for Scotty Sears, I'm Ed Clements. Thanks, everybody, in the studio. Thanks to the fine folks at Dirty. See you next week on Sports Saturday here on KLBJ.